I am your host, Heather Petropoulos, recording live from my home studio in Brooklyn, New York, bringing you the Photo Mixtapes podcast. Episode 9. Other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Welcome to the ninth episode of the podcast. As I begin to reflect back on the year 2017, creating and working on this podcast has definitely been a highlight of my year, as has the entire photo mix tape series. It has buoyed me during some of the darkest times of my life. A major breakup, the extreme disappointment and mistrust in love as a result of that betrayal and continued violation, the absolute worst people in charge of the government of my lifetime and of many lifetimes, a continued struggle with depression and anxiety, the continued surround of sexual assault in the arts that used to be a safe space to escape to, and staring the mortality of my family directly in the eyes. Art and the pursuit of comfort and joy in art has taken on an entirely new importance for me and for those I love, And I am proud that I do my part to use my gifts and talents for good, to give those around me a temporary respite from the ills of this world in a beautiful photograph, a podcast with poetry and concepts they can relate to, and music mixes that they can play in their headphones to insulate themselves into a cocoon and safety of sound. I am grateful for having found these small joys and respites myself in art, And I am even more grateful to have found an audience in you in my pursuit of giving back to my community. Thank you for being here, and I look forward to a 2018 with you, my listeners, out there with me. Track one, a spoken word poem. Other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Everyone flashing their white smiles on social media. I'm at home cutting my fingers on the Crest White Strips packages, listening to the news about the next impending disaster. Unable to smile for a selfie even, while acquaintances ask, what's your problem? We don't even hear you tell the same jokes anymore. I would answer that, but I'm a little hard of hearing after screaming for basic rights for people who I love on the streets. Exhaustedly for 11 months. Other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? I join a dating app thinking maybe it's time to get past all of that, even though her face is still the one tattooed on my eyelids. But how she made me feel should be the thing. Repealed not my health insurance therapy, and there's her white strip smile, singing the praises of coffee meeting bagel, using a few pictures of her own congratulations, and then more that I took even of her animals, talking about how she wants someone to steal a kiss, like it's not what I actually did on that street corner, and like you're not the real thief, here good luck with that because karma is a bitch and you were very karma to me in the end. Other than that, how was the play? Mrs. Lincoln, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Was that a Dear John email that you sent me? Just like the one you complained about to me for sending you. Good luck building a new foundation on my camera lenses. You all of the sudden photographer and artist. Would you like one of my crest white strips to cover up for the emptiness it must take inside to reveal yourself to the world on the back of someone you 
thing to love. You'll need another white strip when I'm run out of things to say. Attention of any kind must be appealing to someone who stooped so low to use someone else's photos for their new online dating app profile. At one point at the end, you even said, I will take what was good and use that to find someone new. But I didn't know you were actually reading from the script of single white female. Other than that, how was the play? Mrs. Lincoln, I think I'll take myself to the movies to relax. Oh, wait. Isn't that the guy who raped that actress, making money now for us to watch it? Wasn't there an expose about how he showed her his penis with her asking when she was a teenager? I come home to movie posters featuring rapists on my walls and soundtrack albums with the faces of child molesters, the movies I took for granted. Enjoying now all turn to dust And these women's lives have been damaged for longer than we've even known Other than that, how was the play Mrs. Lincoln? Diversity, activist, transgender, vulnerable, entitlement Science-based and evidence-based We're banning words now and you're not nervous I must be a snowflake to think that's Orwellian when all of us snowflakes melt from getting too red hot from anger won't it be the silent complicits among you that will drown first won't it be the leaners to the right who might want to practice their swimming lessons at night when this tightly wound narrative springs a leak i'm not waiting for molar i'm waiting for world war three and i have a feeling the bombs don't detonate across party lines other than that how was the play mrs lincoln i try to hold my chin up leaving the house and prepare for another day's assault surrounded by bad intentions i try to keep mine pure i'm a garden try to build a creative surround with integrity it feels like a snow globe on the shelf of a going out of business store and i try to limit my social media where you're all smiling and happy and stealing kisses not because i'm jealous because it's fucking bullshit the people i have common space with are feeling this feeling the anger and the rage not at the machines but at the people sending us back to a dark age that we barely even made it out of the hope i hold onto feels more like a kite in a windstorm than a foundation to build a real life on and the times i hear myself laugh i am caught off guard because it's not a sound i hear around here much anymore other than that how was the play mrs lincoln it's not that i'm not grateful gratitude is prevalent it's just that there's actually less to hold on to and holding within is a full-time job for us and a primal screen seems closer to the reach than the sound of silence to lean in on relaxing on the weekend is revolutionary walking hand in hand through the christmas
Christmas market seems at a place when all these lost souls pass by unable to take a deep breath a simple joy seem not so simple anymore it feels like being Mrs. Lincoln turning to those she was sitting with and saying at least the play was good we really enjoyed the show Thank you for staying for track two, listeners. This week is a bit different as I have two reviews for you in this one episode. A movie review of Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and a music review of Eminem's latest full-length studio album, Revival. Track two, a movie review of Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Similar to the first movie review of Lady Bird, this review will be broken down into three podcast priorities, cinematography, writing, and soundtrack. This review contains spoilers, and if you have any interest in seeing the film, which I do highly recommend, please stop listening to this review now. Cinematography. Having driven across country and through country like the Missouri depicted in the film, it felt very accurate to the terrain of where these three billboards would live. Just within the line of sight of Frances McDormand's character's home with her still-living son. Her daughter was brutally murdered and raped while she was dying. And frustrated with the still-unsolved case a year later, she rents the three billboards to hasten action from the local sheriff and his team. Each time the characters drive on the road where the billboards are, the aloneness is palpable, and you can feel how alone her daughter was when she came to her brutal and tragic end. The small town doesn't feel like a set, but rather a place forgotten, with many one-horse town kind of shots that show the surrounds quickly, but long enough to place this place. When the action happens, the shots are tight and tense and enhance the actions of the characters. I was most struck by one of the more quiet moments when a new sheriff is hired to take over the precinct after the death of the sheriff. The shots were kept very tight on his face and on the face of the fuck-up officer played deftly by Sam Rockwell. You can just hear the clapping for him during award season. Writing. The writing of this film is unlike any other writing for film I have experienced prior. It is distinctive in its abilities to make you uncomfortable in your own skin and in the skin of each character like no other film before it. The dialogue is amazingly tense and perfectly natural at the same time. It is as if the actors were brought in, told the premise of the film, and they, along with the writers and director, wrote as the, sto as the story was revealed to them. It doesn't feel like writing that was written prior to shooting. It feels like writing that comes about within a premise. Because of the success of the actual words of this film, you know the character of the dead daughter just as intimately as you know the characters that we see on screen. The only deficit in this area is in the wife of the sheriff, played by Woody Harrelson. I found her to be miscast, and even though her premise was interesting, being the wife of this small-town sheriff who has cancer early in life, leaving her and two children behind, she and her lines were more out of a Lifetime movie. No offense to Lifetime movies and their place in our social construct. But I found myself rewriting her lines and character plot points while seeing and hearing them. 
But this was a small price to pay for the overall experience of dark comedy poetry that is 99% of the film. Soundtrack. Carter Burwell, the musician who scored the film, was interviewed as saying that he thought the soundtrack played the role of getting you more into the headspace of the lead character, played by Frances McDormand. That was my experience of the soundtrack overall also. Even though each scene does a masterful job of bringing you into the mind and heart of a mother who has lost her daughter in such a brutal and lonely way, after a hard divorce and still with a teenage son at home, and an ex-husband parading his new teenage-like girlfriend around town, the soundtrack enhances this experience without being distracting. A word about Frances McDormand's performance here. She is masterful in her portrayal of this character, grieving without tears but with actions. This film could not be without her, and the soundtrack holds her performance up like a net she doesn't even need. I give this film a 95% overall. See it. It is well worth the money and the time, and may even also be worth the big screen, since you will be surrounded by fellow audience members who don't quite know what to make of it at times. And that adds to the heart of the premise that has no simple answers. Track 3. A music review of Eminem's latest album, Revival. This album blew my mind upon first listening. I have been an Eminem fan since his first outing. Loyal even when his intentions were being publicly questioned about some of his verses. I have been loyal through the awkward, sober first tracks. I listened to this album all the way through, volume up, on headphones, several times, and during the first listening, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up, and I got chills running up and down my arms. I understand that this may be created from the premise of being a similar age to Eminem and growing into adulthood and through trials and tribulations on a parallel path. But Eminem has also been the primary inspiration for me to start performing my poetry as my most personal poetry about a very difficult life space was in the style of his rapping. But since I knew I was offering a review of the album to listeners who don't have the same relationship with him and his music that I do, I'm pretty sure those chills are actually from the lyrics and music. Eminem's delivery is the rawest I've experienced since the first Marshall Mathers LP, and his lyrics go beyond the Eminem I have known and loved so far. His collaborations are also what make this such a rich experience. The loops and duet at times with Joan Jett on Remind Me are such a high point for me because I am a huge Joan Jett fan, and the way he lays the track down feels more like a live duet rather than a sampled rap collaboration. Eminem feels like he is defining relevant rather than questioning his own relevance, particularly on tracks like Home, another amazing collaboration with Alicia Keys, and on tragic endings with Skylar Gray, his latest regular live collaborator. Check out their stunning recent SNL appearance and the deeply personal Believe. The solo tracks go even deeper with an artist who has always gone deep. Highlights include In Your Head with another effective loop and duet with the Cranberries, and the final track of Rose that chronicles his own suicide from drug abuse and addresses his children and family. The low points for me will still be tracks I listen to because unlike most artists out there, Eminem truly creates an album that is meant as a singular experience to be heard all at once and in the order he carefully crafted. 
It is a musical novel, and I won't be skipping my least favorites, chloroseptic, framed, and offended. After offended, Pink's lyrics are a welcome respite, but that is the most disappointing duet for me since he is rarely even in the track. Check out their revenge track from Pink's latest album. I like it way better than this outing. It is impossible to pick a favorite track on this album, but the one that opens up most for me on later listens is Bad Husband, which, even though it features ex-ambassadors, feels like an old-school Slim Shady reveal with the years and wisdom added, and the lyrics are the most nuanced in my experience. The dichotomy of being a good father and a bad husband. The final two songs describe a suicide his and speak directly to his children and are tragically raw. I really hope that the reality is that these lyrics are those of an involved and introspective artist and not a sensitive soul spiraling out of control. I want to believe the former because selfishly, I need Eminem much more than he needs me or his audience. I would be remiss if I didn't give the first track, Walk on Water, featuring Beyonce its credit, as it is a sensitive duet also, and I love it. But I've spent more time with it as the first single released. It is the perfect opener. Overall, I am one proud Eminem fan, being able to witness this artistry and humble but firecracker of a comeback that never needed to come back. In my mind, he never left, and as long as he's near a mic, I will be a fan. This album will attract different fans because it is the most broad in musical styles and the most advanced album from a master. Run, don't walk to listen to this album. Because this episode was pretty action-packed with a wrapped poem and two reviews, I will be answering the two trivia questions from last week and call upon you, my listeners, for feedback or just to say hello. I am grateful you're here and can't wait to start 2018 with a clean slate and new podcast content and ideas. So, the answer to the first of last week's trivia questions, Frances McDormand's character's name in Blood Simple was Abby. And the second answer to the trivia questions from last week, the three albums of M&Ms that went platinum before Revival, my latest prediction, were Relapse, Recovery, and the Marshall Mathers LP2. I look forward to hearing from you at heather at heatherpetropolis.com and also in a review of the podcast in iTunes. I am your host, Heather Petropoulos, recording live from my home studio in Brooklyn, New York, bringing you the Photo Mixtapes podcast. 